Hello everyone, this is You've Got 5 Options, a radio show where we prove that 5 is a magic number. Our experts will give you 5 tips on how to make your private or professional life better. We will solve your life challenge by giving you 5 different options to choose from. And our guests will answer 5 exciting questions while live on air. Tune in and feel the magic of five. Hello everyone, this is Marta. And this is Anna. And this is You've Got Five Options show. Yes, and first we would like to say, or I would like to say, Happy International Women's Day to all the women and all the men. What the hell? To all the men as well, because if women are happy on International Women's Day, then men are happy as well. Uh, we actually got uh, roses from uh, from the team over here, so I could say that definitely there are some Eastern Europeans working in the building. Because I don't know, Judy, if 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 you Judy is by the way our guest. I don't know if you are celebrating International Women's Day. Here in Denmark? Yeah. Uh, well, it crossed my mind today, but I think I am. We are. <laughs> okay, because, you know, actually I've noticed uh, living all these years in Denmark that they don't really um, pay attention to it. And, you know, in Poland, mm. it's actually a big deal, right, Marta? Mm. Yeah, we get flowers, uh, we get celebrated, we talk about it a lot, mm. and... Uh, so yeah. it's quite a big deal. But for the Women's Day, I would like to say that today I have started to notice there is like a message coming around mm -hmm. and many women share it. Here's to strong women. May we know them. May we be them. May we raise them. Oh, that's nice. Mm -hmm. I Especially I like the part with raising. I don't like this part of raising because uh, I have no <laughs> women to raise. So yeah, uh, that's well. th that's the one part that uh, kind of that ship has sailed for me. <laughs> uh, we can raise our boys so that they, you know, they grow up to respect the women and yes. you know, they'll get. So. Yes, yes, of course. <laughs> yeah. But I just love this me message. Yeah. I think it's beautiful. Mm. And before we go into our show today, I also wanted to say that there is a story of one woman one woman that I find very inspiring recently. And I think that since it's Women's Day, I would really like to say about it. Our beloved Anna, That's who me. is sitting here, Unbelievable. is a living proof that things are changing uh, on this planet. And uh, our beloved Anna, being six months pregnant, she got a job, yeah. a full-time yeah. job. Yeah. And I think this is beautiful and I think this is inspiring. Mm -hmm. And I think that uh, those people who took that decision, they, of course, are very smart because Anna is an amazing person and they have gained uh, mm -hmm. a great uh, employee. But I just think that this story is so inspiring. So I think today at the Women's Day, I think it's really worthwhile uh, noting. Uh, Marta, thank you so very much. Of course, uh, if you see my face, meaning uh, those of you who are watching us on TV, you can definitely see that that was not planned or scheduled. <laughs> so I was like, oh my God, she will talk about this. 
Um, I have to say that when I hear the reaction from people, uh, then I realize that it's a big deal. Because when I was in a process, I indeed had that one thought of like, what the hell are you doing? You know, it's like you are going for a managerial position with a six months, mm -hmm. you know, pregnant, huge belly. Um, and I felt like I should simply not do it. Then I thought stupid. I felt like a second category citizen, you know, like, how can I even dare to ask them to, to, to consider me? Uh, but then I, I think I kind of I think this is actually a good material for a show. <laughs> but there was something that changed in me. And uh, I started to simply just act like. Yeah, like a person, not like a woman with a burden coming into the interview. So, but I do have to say, I would like to say hello to my uh, to my boss and my future team that I haven't met. I don't know if they are listening. If they are listening, uh, then hello, guys. And I am starting this Monday. Well so yeah, and uh, yeah, it's it's cool. It's pretty cool. Yeah, it's a really inspiring story and congratulations, Thank Anna. Thank you. And now uh, the time has come to say hello to our lovely guest, Judy. Would you say your full name so that I don't uh, um, say anything wrong? Yeah, <laughs> a lot of people tend to get my second name and my last name um, wrong because I'm, I'm Kenyan and uh, my names, my middle names are uh, Kikuyu. So my full names are Judy Wanjiko Wanderi Jonsen because I'm married to a Dane. Oh, uh, sweet Jesus, mother of God, Judy. <laughs> I will just stick to Judy, okay? Exactly. That's just like beyond my capabilities. Yeah. I understand. Yeah, yeah, that's why I did not even try. Yes. That's why I uh, right away gave the word to Judy. So Judy came to us with her courageous heart to talk to us about the art of letting go. Mm -hmm. We will be talking about five themes of forgiveness today yeah, yeah. and the art of letting go. And I would like to start this beautiful show by a quote that I found today by Nelson Mandela. Mm -hmm. Resentment is like drinking poison mm -hmm. and then hoping it will kill your enemies. Yeah. So I think this really speaks to why the heck should we forgive? Exactly. <laughs> we are actually not doing it for others. Yeah. We are doing it for ourselves. Exactly. So even if you consider this as a selfish act, it's a noble selfish act. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> exactly. But uh, I would just like to ask before we will start, because lately Marta is recruiting all the great guests we have on the show. So how did you both meet? And because I just met Judy. Uh, 20 minutes ago when she, when you arrived to the studio and I know that you know each other girls so how how did you met and how did it came out to be that I still again don't know our guest <laughs> it's because I live in Vile okay and you know in Vile there are not so many options to meet international interesting people okay now people in Vile will hate me okay I'm just not going out okay you know I will stop so how did you met <laughs> So I think I, at least I somehow met Judy some long time ago, and I'm sure it's something related to children that yeah. we have met on some sort mm -hmm. of international mothers initiative. But it was just a brief encounter. Mm -hmm. And then we actually are uh, we know each other from LinkedIn. Yeah. And that uh, Anna, you also know, of course, Judy from LinkedIn. And then we have met 
personally on LinkedIn local in Aarhus mm-hmm. and we had this amazing talk yeah, on that um, on that meeting. It was a great great networking event one of those deep ones mm. one where you can make some deeper connections mm. and i just thought that it would be amazing to have judy on our show and mm-hmm. i'm glad to be here <laughs> okay yeah i i actually am going to check out this linkedin local or host we had some time ago uh if I'm looking here, I'm looking at our technician that I should not look at. I'm sorry, Lasse, but you look you look uh, very handsome today. So uh, <laughs> I actually uh, we actually had an interview with with a founder of LinkedIn Local Orhus, but mm. you know I live in Vile, mm. so for me it's not that um, intuitive to go to LinkedIn Local Orhus. But mm. I'm going next time because it's uh, you know yeah it, it's she she brings people here. They are all great, so I think there's something good there. Yeah, LinkedIn uh, LinkedIn Local is growing, it's expanding, mm-hmm. it's uh, it's getting better and better every time I go. Mm-hmm. And we've had Kathy Perez. If you are interested in uh, finding out more about LinkedIn Local, we have uh, we had this uh, show before yeah. with Kathy Perez on Power of Networking. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And uh, this coming uh, LinkedIn Local, there will be one. The speaker will be one of our previous guests, so mm-hmm. that's also worthwhile joining. And actually, on the next one, I will be the speaker yeah so uh, yeah uh, it's also growing for me so it's awesome and I think that I will definitely join uh, because I've heard that the tickets are being uh, reserved very fast that each event yeah. the tickets just run out faster and faster so anyone here in Aarhus now listening to us in your car in your home uh, or re-listening to this podcast just type in LinkedIn local Aarhus and find the event either on Facebook or LinkedIn or even on Google mm-hmm. and simply reserve yourself a ticket because uh, there won't be any tickets left soon. And talking about events and tickets, actually one of the reasons why we are having this show here today about the art of letting go and talking about forgiveness is because you've got five options, meaning me and Anna, we are also organizing our event on the 21st of March to say hello to spring. It's the spring equinox. Mm -hmm. Uh, on the 21st of March and we will be talking about the art of letting go and moonology. So if you guys are into those topics or if you love this show you and you are somewhere at least quite nearby Aarhus because the event (laughs) will be in Aarhus and we know we have some listeners in USA and even in Nigeria. Uh, So yes, yes, (laughs) yeah, for some reason Nigeria is one of the top countries where we get the people to listen to us. We don't really know why, but um, it's a good show. Yeah, but if you are anyway nearby Aarhus, Mm -hmm. uh, you should definitely check out on Facebook on our page. Please, please check it out. Uh, We have now currently, I think, more than 100 people interested in the event. And we started the sale of tickets and we already sold some. They basically just cover our costs because we are providing food, guys, which we are making by ourselves. And there will be a lot of uh, interesting information and nice exercises for your mental well-being. It's, it's about letting go and forgiveness this time because, guys, it's happening on the full moon. Yeah. Boo. I know. Okay. But now... Judy, mm-hmm. we have uh, when we spoke on the phone on uh, about that uh, show, we agreed that we will 
that you will share your story of forgiveness. Yeah. W- that we will talk a little bit about forgiveness versus forgetting. Mm-hmm. We will also talk about self-forgiveness, yeah. forgiveness rituals, mm-hmm. and forgiveness as a continuous journey. So that's quite a lot to cover, I would say. It is. Ambitious and little ladies, huh? Yes. <laughs> and if we don't cover it today here in the on the show, then definitely uh, come and join our event. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yes, yes. Then we will cover more. And hopefully, Judy, you will be there. I will be there. Okay, then, uh, then you can also talk with Judy in person, yeah. yeah. So, Judy, you have shared with me before your amazing story of uh, forgiveness. Yeah. Are you ready to share it with us here yeah. today? <laughs> yeah, I'm ready. Okay, forgiveness for me has been a process because I come from a background where we don't speak about forgiveness. You know, my culture is, um, I mean, let me speak about my family bra- background. Um, we don't talk about forgiveness. And from what I witnessed, people are not very good at forgiving. You know, we are very social, but when something happens, it's very easy for people to carry grudges. Okay. So so for me, um, forgiveness started, um, you know, I came, I came, I became aware of forgiveness um, in my early 20s because I was carrying a lot of anger in me and a lot of resentment towards my dad. Um, my dad left, um, uh, basically abandoned my my mom and I and my brothers when I was 10 and I didn't realize how much uh, anger I was carrying until I found um, when I started dating I was dating this man who was scrapping the emotional wounds that I had and you know with um, when you when a woman I don't know about men because also men are affected when you know yeah, their, their dads leave them or their moms but with women, we tend to take it harder, especially for me. I took it harder because I was close to my dad and I didn't understand. And he left when I was 10 years old. So I didn't understand like how he could just turn back on our family and completely like leave, you know. Disappear. Yeah, he disappeared okay. and he went and married another family or another woman and started a new family. And so I was carrying that bitterness. And every time I talked about my dad, it would always be like he left us and he was this and this and this. And so at one time I I was talking with an uncle of mine and I don't know what uh, the conversation was, but it gravitated towards my dad Mm -hmm. and, you know, how I was hurting. And I was around 22, 22, 23. And, you know, he stopped me and said, you know, Judy, your dad's mistakes were his mistakes and you have to stop carrying that resentment and hurt because you you're taking that and dragging it into your life and it's becoming your life and it's influencing the choices in your life and i was like wait a minute nobody has ever told me that you know nobody has ever told me that and it so happened that that came my dad had died when i was 16 so i never had closure you know, okay. I never had closure. And so forgiveness was, I had all these questions that I wanted to ask. And, you know, you can't ask a dead man. So it, it, it piled on my anger and it piled on my heart. And there were very many factors involved and there were many people involved. But when my uncle told me that, it stopped me and I started to see, okay, this was a man who was struggling. My dad was struggling and he, he was struggling with addiction. And... I stopped and started seeing him as a human being, as a man who was going through his, you know, fighting his own demons. 
And, you know, at some point when he was very sick, my auntie came to pick me up from school to go and see him, sort of to go and say my goodbyes. But I was in a boarding school and they wouldn't let me go for some reason because we were doing exams. And then he died two days later. And they told me that I needed to go home, but they didn't tell me why. And I remember it was on a Thursday and I get home on Friday. And no, I got home. I, I didn't go home directly. I went to a convent where my auntie mm-hmm. used to live. And they didn't tell me immediately because my auntie had left and they didn't and they took me around and by the time they were telling me it was in the evening and they told me that, Oh, your dad died, you know? Okay. And so I didn't have any way to react. I was like, Okay. And then I asked, When did he die? Like a couple of days ago. When is he being buried? On Saturday. You know, so they tell me on Thursday and then I go home and I find that my mom doesn't know. So I'm the one who's breaking the news. And my mom is like, what are you doing home so early? You know, and then I looked at her and I was like, she has no idea. So I'm the one who's breaking the news to my mom that, hey, uh, dad died, you know, even though they had divorced, like they had three kids. So, you know, and he's been buried tomorrow. And so that piled onto my anger because I realized that uh, my aunt picking me up and all that, they, they wanted uh, me to go and bury my dad without my mom's involvement. Because like I said, there were many issues in between with my whole extended family. And so I was very, very angry. When I went to the funeral, I was very angry because there was also a lot of drama, you know, with the second wife and just my family, my extended family acting very weird. And so, you know, we bury my dad and I carry that pain and that resentment, you know. And so when years passed and my uncle was telling me that, it stopped me and I realized, okay, I have to break this cycle. You know, I have to break this cycle. I have to find it in my, myself to forgive him. And it didn't come like an instant, you know. Yeah. It, it was a process. It was a process, but it's a process that made me humanize him and see him for his weaknesses and understand. And as the years have gone by, I came to realize, you know, I wish he had lived a little bit longer. I would have told him, I forgive you. And maybe we would have built a relationship from that. But forgiving someone who's dead is about releasing myself and releasing him, releasing his spirit. You know, I, I, I believe, you know, that, you know, a lot of spirits are being held because mm-hmm. people don't forgive them. So that was one of, you know, that was a, a turning point for me. And that's the thing that put forgiveness in perspective for my life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I have to say uh, with the belief that you mentioned that uh, the spirits are present. Um, yeah. Of course, you know, there are different people, different opinions mm-hmm. and different views on that. Uh, but uh, first thing that came to my mind then is that your dad knows that you forgave him. Yeah. He's aware of that. And uh, the other thing is um, you mentioned something very interesting, something that actually is, um, I think it's explored not even by uh, counselors, but also scientists, psychologists, that relation between the daughter and the father mm-hmm. and how it reflects upon the future relations of, of a woman when she's adult. And you mentioned that you have noticed that you were choosing men yeah. that were scratching those emotional uh, wounds. wounds that you mm. had, right? Mm. Um, th- was that some kind of a first signal that something, or did, were you aware of that? What had to happen for you to, uh, because now you are aware. 
yeah. that that was happening. But what had to happen for you to be aware of that? Okay, I was um, I was in a three-year relationship mm-hmm. that was very very dysfunctional, like really really dysfunctional, and and I knew, and my friends knew that you have to get out. And for some reason, I found myself in it, you know. And something happened that I don't want to go into, but something happened and it broke me, you know, it broke me and it was like my breaking point. And my breaking point, and this is where like I was digging out the heart and talking to my uncle about it and seeing the pattern, like I saw the pattern and, and that's the point he told me like, you have to forgive your dad so that you can pick the pieces of your identity you know, and I also had to forgive that person because he really, really hurt me in in a terrible, terrible way. And I went, you know, forgiveness is about going. It's like, you know, when someone dies or, you know, you have to go through the stages of grief. And, you know, acceptance is forgiveness if someone has wronged you. And so I went through that because it's also my mom was telling me I went through this intense anger. And my mom told me, like, you know, like we said, like, you know, you're drinking poison, expecting the other person to die. And so my mom mm-hmm. had to tell me, like, you have to stop this. You know, you have to you have to break this anger. And so with that, with those two uh, like factors, it put in perspective that if I need if I would if I was to get married, I knew the kind of man that I wanted to marry. You know, I was aware that he, he wouldn't be like my dad. Mm-hmm. you know and he wouldn't be like the person that i had dated you know and so that brought in you know i, I renew and it, it turned my life around like i did a complete 360 in my life and from then on like things started to happen to me you know i i, I got into another relationship and you know it elevated me into seeing that okay people do get into relationships that are functional you know mm-hmm. like dysfunction isn't part of life, you know, but that came through that, you know, like that divide, me crossing over to forgiveness. And, 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 you know, I was able to, to come to Europe through a scholarship and then my life just, you know, and I ended up marrying the man or rather we, I got, I got married to the man. And I usually tell him like, if I had a dad, I wish he would be like you because he's such a good dad. You know, he's, he's a good husband, but he's a really, really good dad. And so I was like, if I had a dad like that, like, you know, I used, I used to be told, like, I have daddy issues. And that's something very common among women, you know, when they're hurting, they're told, like, you have daddy issues, you know. And, and, and seeing my husband and how good he is with the kids, like, he's a hands-on kind of dad. And, and that was the thing that attracted me to him because I saw how good he was with his nephews. And so that was like, okay, I want this kind of a man. You know, because because I know that God forbid if anything happens down the line, like forgiveness will be easy because I learned like it was a process that elevated me that, you know, forgiveness mm-hmm. became easier for me. So, so tell us a little bit about how did you actually do that? How did the forgiveness come to you? Um, you know, like I say, it was a process. It was mm-hmm. not like a light bulb that clicked. But it was, like I said, just humanizing my dad. And I, I felt really compassionate and empathetic because he really struggled. Like, he died a very, 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 very sad man. You know, he died mm-hmm. a very sad man. He was just at his lowest, you know, and just 
humanizing. I felt really sad for him. You know, really sad for him that he was not surrounded with love. He he was surrounded by regrets, and nobody deserves to die like that. And so, just going through those little pieces because, you know, it's not also about me forgiving. That also I've also been forgiven, and that kind of balances. You know, when you're on the other side and you have to seek forgiveness. You know, uh, because I've gone through being forgiveness, and so I know what being forgiven also means. You know. So in a way, it's been a process. Yeah. Okay. So you said that you it was it kind of started with your decision. Yeah. That you wanted to forgive him. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. So it was like a conscious decision that you want to forgive him, and it was a process. It was a process. Yeah. And yeah. we've already talked a little bit about that. It had this amazing impact on your love life. Yeah. That you were able to clear yeah. that pattern yeah. of dysfunctional relationships and invite a loving. Men exactly. And a great because great like life. when you hold on to forgiveness, it's like resentment and pain. You know, when you're unforgiving, it's resentment and pain. And, you know, I don't want to invalidate because there are people who are going through a lot of trauma and hurt and forgiveness doesn't come easy. And and but for me, like clearing out that out, I was able to open up space. It's like clearing out all the trash. If you have a lot of, if you're a mm -hmm. hoarder or, you know, ha you have too many clothes in your wardrobe, if you, ha if you remove them, then you have space, you know? And so I was able to create space for positivity because I was holding on into a lot of negativity. So I was able to create space for, for better things. And that's how, like I said, my life turned around And I was able to achieve these things that were complete, like I never imagined in my life that I would even study as much uh, as I have studied. And I've written it in my blog, you know, just the process of even me mm -hmm. getting an education. I would never have imagined that. And I, I believe like just the forgiveness of my dad created room for me to be able to be where I'm right now. Yeah, because I, I think when people think about forgiveness, they basically just think about, you know, ah, yeah, she forgave him. Mm. But it actually comes with so many other things because it's also an internal journey. It is. And you are being aware of many things and you are growing as a person exactly. spiritually. Plus, I think you are also get because uh, when you need to forgive, you either have anger or mm. anxiety or yeah. sadness. Yeah. And those are none of those are actually positive emotions yeah. I think we are all very entitled to feel that mm. but if this starts to dominate our lives this actually is our story afterwards um, and I think that uh, as Marta was asking you know what was the first step it was a decision exactly. so I think that many of us are not making the decision to forgive because um, having this spiral thought of, of resentment towards someone. Mm. It's quite easy. It's mm. it's like, you know, some emotion in motion, you know, you don't even step out yeah. of it. Yeah. You just feel it and you build it up and build it up. And uh, I think what you mentioned about actually humanizing your father mm. and getting out of the shoes of the daughter mm. for a bit, that little girl that was abandoned, but going into another human being who looks empathically. Mm -hmm. And that definitely helped, I think. And I, I believe that this is where usually people should start. But it to make this first step, it's really hard. I think it's the hardest, it's actually, really, really hard. Yes. Yeah. So uh, 
big congratulations <laughs> uh, because you know many people have to have either a therapist or a counselor yeah. or or something yeah. to actually mm. start to go through this True. it's it's not really uh, simple but mm, just to end up uh, my uh, monologue obviously <laughs> i wanted to say that um what helps me with forgiveness is that I got this. I don't have the exact quote. It's uh, from a lady who actually talks about this forgiveness rituals. She's saying that everything that happens in your life, negative or positive, but especially negative, is your teacher. Yeah. So the the bad things that happened with your family, your teacher, mm-hmm. uh, someone who has hurt you, your teacher. You are supposed to learn from it. Yeah. And grow. Yeah. So when you start to look at it, that this is basically a school. Mm-hmm. And I think Marta has a lot of things to talk about this because she's a conscious healer. So she uh, really has a lot of knowledge about this. But if you think about it, that those are experiences that are supposed to teach you something. Mm-hmm. You, you you gain wider perspective. You get out of the role of the victim exactly. or the person that was yeah. hurt yeah. and you see a wider spectrum. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I think that this is what happened to you. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Am, I, am I correct? Please yeah, tell yeah, me I'm yeah, correct. Yeah, you're correct because, okay. like, um, you know, like you said, that victim, uh, victim mentality. And like mm-hmm. I said, uh, people are going through their own battles. And so I don't mean to invalidate anybody who is going through trauma because there are people who are really struggling. But, you know, stepping out of the victim mentality of blaming, because that's one of the things uh, about forgiveness. And, you know, I've gone through situations even now as an adult where someone has hurt me. And so by, you know, when I stop blaming the person and probably see what I did, you know, because, you know, in a conflict, everybody plays a role. And when I stop uh, being a victim, I stop blaming. And then I step outside of that blame Mm -hmm. box and then I can see, you know, because hurt people hurt people. You know, if you're hurting, it's very easy to project, you know. And so if I see like that person is hurting and it's, it's their battle, you know. And so, you know, like pick your battles. I, I decide like if you're hurting and if you're going through something and you're projecting on me, then I can make a conscious choice to say I, I, I don't want to be a, either in your life or in your battles. And if we can talk about it, then we can talk, you know. But it's about choosing my battles. And I'm very careful about that as a mom because it's also bringing a lot of energies. I don't want to bring all this kind of anxiety and energy into my family, into my kids. And so I I, I pick my battles and one of them is like forgiveness. You know, I don't want to carry that emotions and Mm -hmm. that that weight in me. Yeah, I wanted to talk a little bit about forgiveness versus forgetting, yeah. because especially in those instances when it's actually a heavy yeah. thing, we need to yeah. forgive. Mm-hmm. Because sometimes it's like if we have a conflict with someone, then maybe we can easier see our role. Yeah. But mm-hmm. when it was where we were hurt really significantly, where we are talking about traumatic experiences and so on, that also create extreme heaviness exactly. in us. In mm. us. Mm. And forgiving something like that, like, you know, there are those acts where you have to forgive someone who murdered someone mm. close to you mm. or something like that. When there are this kind of like really, really heavy cases, it's really important to talk about that forgiving someone doesn't mean that you forget yeah. about what has happened mm-hmm. yeah. and it does not mean that you are condoning yeah. to what mm-hmm. that person did mm-hmm. you are actually letting yourself free 
exactly. you are actually releasing that yeah. heaviness. I uh, reached out to Wikipedia, which is a beautiful example of humanity coming together mm. and uh, mm. in a voluntary process of co-creating mm. encyclopedia, which I believe is a beautiful thing. It says that forgiveness is the intentional and voluntary process by which a victim undergoes a change in feelings and attitude regarding an offense. Mm. Let's go of negative emotions such as vengefulness, forcewares, recompense from or punishment of an offender, however legally or morally justified it may be, and with an increased ability to wish the offender well. And it's different from condoning. Mm. And condoning is failing to see the action as wrong and in need of forgiveness. So we are not condoning that action. Yeah. And it doesn't mean that we have to trust that person again. Exactly. It just simply means that we are stepping up into our authentic power. Mm -hmm. We are taking back responsibility for our life. We are releasing negative emotions yeah. and we are setting ourselves free. Yeah, and that's true. Like, uh, I know there's um, there's a forgiveness project. Um, there's a website called Forgiveness Project, and it was started by I, I can't remember her name, but this lady who was in who, who was in Auschwitz, mm -hmm. and um, she was one of uh, there's, uh, there's this doctor who did experiments, and th so there were twins, you know. Mm -hmm. uh, what was Doctor Mandel. M yeah, you know that evil doctor. The evil doctor. Yes. Yeah, and so you know, uh, and she started this forgiveness project because. Um, she realized that forgiveness is freedom. And she was caring because her parents were murdered and her sisters were murdered. And, you know, she went through, you know, anybody who went through Holocaust on genocide, it's inexplicable. Like, we cannot even imagine in ourselves what that yeah. means. And so she started this project as a way of... Um, you know, forgiving, because she realized forgiveness is freedom. The more she carried the resentment, the anger, the more she was still in Auschwitz. Mm -hmm. You know, the more she was still in that mental prison. And so she says, like, forgiving all those people who killed her family, the people who, you know, inflicted wounds that took years and years to heal. It was a it was giving herself freedom. It was her claiming her freedom back. And that's what for forgiveness is. You claim your freedom. And like you say, it doesn't lessen the act. You know, if someone has gone through rape or, you know, domestic uh, violence, it doesn't lessen the act. But it's stepping out of that prison, mm -hmm. you know, to, to claim your freedom. And I would urge anybody to look at the Forgiveness Project because it handles also the genocide. And one of the healing genocides in Rwanda, one of the initiatives wa that yeah. were taken was the, you know, like the village court. Um, I'm sorry, again, I don't remember the name. But because... Um, the Rwandese gov government realized that if it was to take everybody to prison, you know, it would take years and, a, a, you know, it would just destroy the country. And so they, they started this forgiveness and reconciliation. And so uh, the courts were divided into villages and towns. So because people knew each other, the, the Hutus and the Tutsis, because that of people killing one neighbors and, you know, friends mm -hmm. turning against friends. And so they started this reconciliation. And it was about the perpetrators facing the victims. Mm -hmm. and, then, and then there was humanization because a lot of the perpetrators found themselves in a very tough corner where they had to. 
you know there was no choice in that madness uh, well there, some people had the choice but a lot of the people had to Mm-hmm. But there was also a big group that, you know, saved Tutsis. And so that, like, such a thing is the magnitude, you know, of villages coming together to face, you know, having to face someone who killed your family and go through the emotions and the anger and the resentment and forgive them. You know, where Rwanda is today is like one of the leading countries I- in Africa. If you go to Rwanda, it's a beautiful country. They still, you know, they still hurt and resentment. But if that was not solved, like Rwanda would have gone into civil war, you know. And healing, you know, healing is a process. Forgiveness is a process. And there's a lot of people still hurting. But, you know, those are cases, extreme cases of freedom. And that was the same thing that Mandela said. Like, if he did not forgive the people who put him in prison, it would not make a difference. He would still be in prison for 27 years if he didn't forgive, because then it's a mental prison. And so forgiveness is not forgetting. But then what happens is that when people say, like, oh, if I have to forgive, does that mean that I have to forget? And that creates a problem, you Mm -hmm. know, because people feel uh, obligated that should I forget what this person did? But when you forgive someone, it lessens the weight. Mm -hmm. It lessens the weight. And, And if somebody did something uh, bad to you, uh, whatever it may be, traumatic pain, uh, when you remember them or when you remember, it doesn't have the same, it doesn't inflict you in the same way. You can meet with that person in the street and you won't feel anxiety. Well, maybe there will be anxiety, but it will not be crippling. And so with time, forgetting that, you know, you don't get amnesia, like it's like everything is, yeah. is erased, but the burden becomes lighter. You know, the burden mm-hmm. becomes lighter. And so, like, there shouldn't be pressure for people to say, well, you have to forget. That's not how it works. But the thing is, like, I've not forget, I've not forget, forgotten what happened with my dad, but I can speak about it right now without, you know, breaking down or feeling resentful, you know. I can speak it out with positivity, and that's what happens. Like, forgetfulness, you won't forget. You won't go, you won't have dementia or... or uh, you know, selective amnesia, but forgetting, be- you know, it heals, it heals, you know. Yeah, I, I think that uh, this is a, uh, there are a couple of very interesting points that you just touched upon. Uh, one thing is that I, I I have seen it, okay, that's not really the most reliable source of information, but I saw it in movies. Yes, I always give movie examples, but, uh, you know, there are some movies who are describing very uh, uh, traumatic uh, things, even like Hotel Rwanda or any other movie of this kind. And some members of the families many times feel that if you forgave, Mm. you let it go. Mm-hmm. Uh, in a way that you don't really think that what happened was bad mm-hmm. and you are betraying somehow uh, that person that was hurt, yeah. which I think it's a very um, misleading uh, association. Forgiveness, it's not to forget. Yeah. I think sometimes it's impossible to forget. Sometimes it's not wise to forget, exactly. especially when we are in, let's say, abusive relationships. Mm-hmm. And then we forgive our perpetrator, but then uh, we don't forget because we don't want to end our end in the same situation again. Okay. So it's more like releasing this emotional load 
yet keeping the lessons learned. Exactly, because it's like putting red flags so that you know, you know, if if you if mm-hmm. like if I hadn't forgiven forgiveness uh, forgiven, I wouldn't know, you know, where to. If I see red flags in a person, even friendships, mm-hmm. if I see things that I cannot handle if I'm in a friendship and it's sucking the energy out of me, I realize, okay, I don't want to get to that point where there's no turning back. I don't want to get to that point now where we have to talk about deep forgiveness, you know. And so I'm able to ease my way out Mm -hmm. if a friendship is sucking the energy out of me. But then it helps because, you know, when you see, it's like fool me once and I'm the fool, fool me twice, you know, it's like, and then fool me thrice, you know, like I'm a fool. So like you're saying, when you forgive, you know, you don't forget, but then you put like, it's like roadmaps, you know, you Mm -hmm. pinpoint like, I don't want to fall into this ditch again. You know, I I can, you know, I can navigate through another direction and and that's a very important lesson to learn you know when, mm-hmm. it, when it comes to forgetting that you have this you know a roadmap where you can pinpoint things mm-hmm. that you don't want to affect you know to affect your life yes and I also think that we have to uncharm this whole idea that if you forgive someone it means that you don't care anymore yeah. about what happened and as I think especially in in circumstances like a genocide I actually was there was a point in time when I was obsessed with uh, what happened in Rwanda because I could not comprehend what mechanisms had to happen, yeah. had to occur for people start to kill their neighbors. You know, yeah. it, it wasn't like uh, um, people going to war and they were separated before those were actually people who were living together, coexisting together. There was a lot of mixed families. Uh, but then I also uh, had, I have a book home, uh, I think it was written by one of the journalists. I don't remember the type, title nor the author. Is it Shaking Hands of the Devil? Uh, I think uh, it's, I think it's not this one. I think it's, it's the one where he actually goes and talks with people who decided Mm. to visit the perpetrators the, the, they are it's very personal stories of people who are facing families of people that they killed it's a it's a um, it's more like a journalistic book it's not a it's not a novel okay. and i was thinking wow that stuff but now i'm actually super um, surprised yet also very happy that you are saying that Rwanda is doing that well yeah, it's uh, I it's could a not country. and I could not imagine hap- that happening if they wouldn't yeah. start to forgive because yeah. then you are in a constant uh, yeah. state of, of civil war actually yeah. 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 So. so I would like us ladies to turn a little bit into um, how to actually do it because okay. yeah because many people are like yeah great uh, i would also like to forgive yeah. mm-hmm. <laughs> but i am in deep pain i'm in deep suffering i am in uh, yeah in by, by the way on in our event we will uh, take participants through the process uh, of forgiveness so we will actually tell people how to do it step by step it's not a commercial it's just a useful informa- information yeah. but marta i'm really looking yeah. forward so to see we did talk about the first step which is actually the decision mm-hmm. you actually take a decision yourself that you want to forget mm-hmm. that's very important because you have to step step up it will never happen unless you actually take that decision exactly. that you are willing to yeah. forgive yeah. and I think that the next uh, step is actually very important because we don't want to do some sort of a bypass, but it's actually very important to express your feelings. Yeah. 
Yeah, but I don't believe that because there are some occasions where you mean to express the feelings to the other person? It, no, not to the other person. It can be expressed feelings for yourself. And yeah. those feelings can be expressed by writing a letter that you burn. Yeah. Or <laughs> Because you know. like I've done it both ways where, you know, um, mm -hmm. something has happened and I, I write uh, the le a letter to the person saying, oh, this happened and this is where I found myself. But then I realized writing a letter to, s to someone uh, goes with expectations that this person will understand where you're coming from mm -hmm. and that you'll initiate forgiveness. But what that can set you up for is disappointment where you end up like with extra you know hurt and so for me um i find that uh writing letters helps me like i have a catharsis of mm -hmm. sort like i feel i uh, i'm a writer and so writing is, is very important for me but what happens is i write a letter uh, i put it in an envelope i address to the person and i i will either burn it or just put it in a book because I have many books in my shelf and then just put it in a book and I forget about it. Like one of those books that, you know, I probably never read. And, you know, that's one of my rituals of forgiveness. And another one that I've found is that talking helps, mm -hmm. you know, and it doesn't have to be with a person, but with someone you trust. For me, it could be my mom or a friend uh, that is very close. And by talking, I don't mean gossiping. Mm -hmm. You know, I don't mean gossiping. It's about uh, finding someone who can also give you a dose of reality and examine what role could you have played, you know, and and help you humanize the other person. And so in that uh, process, I, I, like I said, it's not about gossiping, but it could be a therapist. It could be it could be someone that you mm -hmm. trust, you know, and it could be about writing a letter to the person. It could also be about reaching out to the person and saying, um, can we talk about this? But you have to feel safe. Mm -hmm. You must feel safe. You must feel safe to reach out to the person. And that's why it has to take time. Like it's a process. Mm -hmm. And if you don't feel safe, you don't have to. You don't have to reach to that person. Because I found like I can forgive someone, but actually not reach out to them. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's you know. a very that's what I mean with forgiveness is an internal process. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And the other person may be involved if that's possible, if that's a good idea, but it does not it does not have to even reach that person whatsoever. Mm -hmm. And you've had a beautiful example of yourself with your father who already passed away. Yeah. So I I uh, consider it an internal process. I consider it forgiveness is. as an internal process. And when it comes to expressing emotions, for me, it's more about when we have a lot of stored emotions, we have a lot of stored energy, and it has to be released somehow. Mm. So that's what I mm -hmm. mean by expressing, because like you've mentioned yourself, it piles up a lot. Yeah. So somehow you need to let it go. Right. Yeah, yeah. And whether it's a letter that you write and burn, mm -hmm. whether it's any sort of I mean, you can have so many different ways. There are so many different rituals and we can talk about them in a moment. But it is that internal process. It it's just to allow that emotional load to go to, yeah, yeah, yeah to to, get out because yeah. there will be some anger there will be yeah, some sadness pain. there will be and pain you know but it's a lot of emotional yeah. energy yeah. which somehow has to be expressed or released or something like that so sure. mm -hmm. that was uh, that part part and we've also talked about the other part of it which is letting go of victim mentality yeah and stopping to blame Mm. and coming back to yourself, yeah. right? Yeah. That's a very important part of it. Yeah. Where I'd like to recommend a book. It's called Emotional First Aid. Mm. I mean, there's so many self-help 
yeah. folks there out there in the world. But it's about this guy called uh, Guy Winch. But he's talking about the process of emotional first aid, you know, okay. that you uh, everybody goes through rejection and hurt and pain. You know, I don't think there's anybody in the world who can stand and say, I've not been hurt, I've not been rejected. Mm -hmm. But it's about, you know, when you give yourself emotional first aid, you know, if if you've been rejected or if you've been having self-defeatist thoughts and, you know, you've been hard on yourself, then you can start by also forgiving yourself, mm. you know. That's a very good point. Self-forgiveness <laughs> is actually also one of the themes yeah. that we have on to, for today because, yeah. okay, even in the situation where you had a very big perpetrator Mm. who really hurt you in a physical way and so on, you still can have this kind of thoughts. For example, how stupid I was yeah. to be in mm -hmm. such a relationship. Yeah, you can still have a lot of self-blame yeah. in it. So self-forgiveness yeah. is actually it's really very hard. important. Yeah, and it's yeah. very hard. Very because hard. Because I think um, especially people who've been abused, you know, people coming out from Stockholm syndrome and, and people who've been shamed, like shame is such a big thing in, uh, in self-forgiveness, mm -hmm. is that for me especially, I find like I can forgive someone else, but if I do something, I beat myself up. You know, yeah. like I beat myself up. I'm like, oh, you know, and it's like internal dialogues that I couldn't give someone else. Like, if you cannot tell someone else, you know, the things that you tell yourself when you've been rejected or, you know, you send a job application that you've really worked on and, and you get a rejection and then, you know, you blame yourself and you're like, oh, I'm good for nothing. I'm stupid. I'll mm -hmm. never measure up. It's like, stop. Stop carrying the blame. Forgive yourself. Because I don't think you can give what you do not have. Mm -hmm. you, know, you, you can't you can't give what you don't have. And so by forgiving yourself, you create empathy and self-compassion. And so when I'm able to forgive myself for things that it could be anything, you know, then it becomes easier for me to forgive others because self is such an important. You know, it's like what they say, like you can't put on a life jacket on someone if an airplane is going down. You can't mm. put on a life jacket on someone. You have to put it on yeah. yourself first. So self-forgiveness in that perspective is, is that you have to start, it ha you have to start within. Mm -hmm. if, you've, if you've gone, no matter what, or if you're carrying blame, rejection, self-defeatist thoughts, you know, um, if, if you're beating up yourself for being depressed and it's something that you cannot, you know, your depression is not something that you can just snap out of, forgive yourself. Mm -hmm. Love yourself. Love yourself the way you'd love if you went out of your body and looked at yourself and say, you know, I'm forgiving Anna for being hard on herself. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm loving you, you know, self-love, like love yourself. Mm -hmm. And so self-forgiveness is really hard. And mm -hmm. I think a lot of people struggle with it. I've spoken to a lot of people and they struggle with self-forgiveness. And so when you're able to self, you know, put yourself in situations because forgiveness is also situational. When you're able to forgive yourself, it becomes easier. It becomes easier. When you have empathy in yourself, it becomes easier to, to have empathy for others, you know. And this is also different personalities. I don't know. There's some personalities that I really had, you know, on themselves. But for, in my situation, I think, like, when I forgive myself, it becomes easier for me to say, okay, I'm human. And if someone else makes a mistake and we get to a point of, you know, if, if it's authentic apologies or if authentic conversations, then I can say, 
I've forgiven myself, so I would like to forgive you. You know, forgiving myself for carrying shame. So, you know, if someone else is going through that, or we, we are both in the same situation, so then it becomes easier. But self, I think self-forgiveness is really hard. It's yeah. really, really I hard. I think it's it could be even harder than forgiving someone else. I think it always depends on the situation. It depends on the mm-hmm. personality. What is definite is that whether it's that we have to forgive someone else mm. or ourselves, it's about the same kind of emotional load yeah. and it's the act of the same obtaining freedom. Yeah. So regardless of the fact that it's another person or it's us, it even stresses more that it's just an internal process yeah. and it's something that we actually do for ourselves and it's actually something that releases us mm-hmm. from a load mm-hmm. and brings us closer to the feeling of freedom. So. Sure. For me personally, it doesn't matter. It's it's the same. It's the side of the same coin, you know, two sides of the same coin. Mm-hmm. But for the last few minutes of our show, because we are soon finishing up, I would like to talk a little bit about forgiveness rituals. Mm-hmm. So on the 21st of March, when we have uh, our um, event here in Aarhus, uh, the Spring Equinox and the Art of Forgiveness, we will be having forgiveness rituals. Mm-hmm. And there are a few very interesting rituals. And um, I just wanted to ask you ladies if you have a special one that you would like to share before I mention a few. I think, um, you know, uh, people of religious backgrounds probably pray about it. Mm -hmm. But for me, um, you know, like I'm a very ritualistic, but I think one of the rituals that I, I have is just going through the process allowing myself to go through the motions and not try and block an emotion. If I feel angry, if I feel hurt, I let it go. Like it's like a cloud that just comes because like in every dark cloud, there's always a blue sky, mm-hmm. you know? And so I allow myself to go through the process because by going through the process comes healing. You know, it's like a continuum. And so that's my ritual. I allow myself to go through the ways. I don't get stuck on one particular Wave, but I allow myself to feel the emotions and then get to the process, you know, I, I until I come to the clearing and say, okay, now I'm fine, you know, I'm fine. But I allow myself to go to the, through the process. And like I say, that I write letters. So that's one way of doing that, yeah. Yeah. to write a letter. Yeah. Yeah, I, I actually have to say that uh, that's my favorite weapon of choice. <laughs> I have wrote dozens of letter, <laughs> letters because I, I'm a writer as well. So yeah. that's that's basically the most natural things for me. Mm-hmm. Also, you know, on a positive side, using writing as uh, uh, scripting, as visualization board. Some people like to, you know, make a board. I like to write a, a letter about the future. Hence, no one should be surprised that I la- write a letter. I think some of my former boyfriends now shouldn't be surprised that they got <laughs> essays, <laughs> I would like to say. Yeah. Uh, some of the letters I have written, I have actually gave to a person or uh, that was, you know, I was trying to either forgive or analyze something. Mm-hmm. Some of the letters I kept for myself, some of the letters I burned. Mm-hmm. But that's actually how I cope because Writing everything down allows me to uh, go through a cathartic experience. Basically, I write everything down and I start to understand even more and more and more. I had some of the most 
amazing breakthroughs in my either understanding of myself or situation or forgiveness through writing a letter. Mm. I think my uh, my like top letter was like 12 pages A4 uh, on computer. So it was it was something. Another thing I tried it now will sound totally weird. Okay, but it wasn't that weird when I was doing it. It was uh, uh, I was trying this uh, ritual when you are it actually it's connected with the full moon when you are trying to release the load uh, and forgive small things, big things that happened throughout the month. And then the lady is uh, the lady who came up with this method. She's saying, "Okay, so you are in a meditative state. Yes. So you are meditating and then you are visualizing all the people that have harmed you in any way, small or big. It doesn't matter. And then you put them, you visualize them in a pink bubble. And that is exactly that controversial part. I don't know why the bubble is pink, but I I read big pink bubble. And when I was meditating, I actually saw the pink bubble and, you know, they are there and then you send them away. And I know that I sound like a cuckoo person, but (laughs) when you try it, the the thing is whatever rings your bell. Yeah, true. Whatever uh, works. And, you know, then you lose because sometimes you have this feeling I need to tell that person that I forgave him or forgive. Why? You know, that's the question. Why do you need to tell them? You know, mm, it's so like self-validation. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, but when you do the bubble thing, you know, the pink bubbles, you actually don't need to contact anyone. You actually say, I forgive you, send them a note away and something weird happens. It really allows you to release the load so yes uh, those are the two things i have tried writing it's my regular thing writing letters uh, but uh, but pink bubbles i also tried and it's quite interesting ladies we are about to finish the show so i just wanted to sum up a little bit i wanted to say that uh, anna you've mentioned that the time of full moon is a good time for forgiveness it is said it's the best time for so uh, the next show guys will actually be about moonology and i really hope to find out during that show why during full moon Mm -hmm. is such a good time to do the rituals of forgiveness and definitely writing is uh, our uh, winner Mm -hmm. here in the team Uh, let's call it this way Uh, the second part which are the uh, meditative and imaginative ways of uh, forgiving there are many different ways Mm. how you can imagine and let go of things there are also mantras Mm. that you can use to help yourself uh, forgive so everyone can find something for themselves Mm -hmm. to make this ritual and remembering that it's actually an inner process that is all about our inner process of going through the different motions and thank you judy so much for coming here today and thank you for your courage and sharing your story because it's so important it's such a common human you know a struggle, challenge, lesson mm-hmm. to forgive. So it was great to have someone who simply shared their story. Yeah. And uh, thank you, all our listeners. Thank you. Thank you very much. And yeah. I hope we will uh, see your book soon about <laughs> forgiveness. Mm-hmm. I do hope so. Yeah. Bye. Bye. Bye.
You are listening to You've Got 5 Options radio show, where we hopefully convinced you that 5 indeed is a magic number. To catch up with our previous programs, apply to be our guest, send us your life challenge, or just to see how do we really look like, visit our website, the5options.com. We hope you enjoyed this episode and that you will come for more. That's all, folks! <laughs>